is the Child Deception Podcast powered by Awana. I'm Ross. You know who you are. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. Uh, I am so excited today because I am joined by Josh Navy. And uh, Josh, welcome uh, to the podcast. Welcome back, Josh. You and I have talked once briefly. It is good to connect with you again. Yeah, thanks, Ross. I'm really excited to get to talk today about some important things that are happening in the world of kids ministry. Yeah. So, Josh, before we dive in, though, can you let folks know a little bit about where you serve and sort of the scope of your ministry? Yeah, right now I have the privilege of serving um, as the director of family discipleship at Storyline Church, um, which is in the Denver metro area. And that means I get to lead our birth through high school ministries right now. Uh, We had a great staff team that I work alongside of and um, get to help support as we're all ministering for Jesus together in that age range and in that family range. Yeah, that sounds about right. (laughs) Um, So I reached out to you directly because I wanted to connect with you about this thing that everybody feels. Um, People who clicked on this episode know because it's in the title, but we're talking about volunteers. And I heard somebody speak on this once, and they said the reason that volunteers, recruiting, uh, retaining, uh, training is such a persistent issue in not just Kidman, but the church broadly, is because leaders feel it every week. Is Mm -hmm. Do you resonate with that? Is that true? Like, why is this, to ask a super eloquent question, why is this such a thing? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sunday is always coming, yeah, right? Okay. That's the, that's the feel that you have um, in school. It's the, the essay or the paper that you have to write, you know, that big project <laughs> that's due. Sure. And you know, when you have the group project and you're worried about everyone else doing their work and you're like, I think I got my work done, but the bigger the group, the more stressful it is of sure. like, I know I can trust one person, but like, seven other partners. I don't know if I can trust all of them. Sure, That's sure. really what recruiting and what kids ministry is, is every single Sunday having a group project with dozens of people and feeling like, am I like, is it really going to work? Are these people going to do their part? And you love the people. So it's not like uh, us versus them or me versus them. It's just the reality of what a group project feels like. And that's what every single Sunday is in kids ministry. <laughs> I have never heard it described that way, but yeah. And also, I think everyone listening is either breaking out in a cold sweat, remembering the group projects, <laughs> or they're like me, and they were the person that that, that didn't uh, didn't pull their weight in school, so they're just getting that wash uh-huh. of guilt. So, it's even worse than a group project, though, Ross, because like that one smart person can kind of carry the team, but in Kismashu, like you literally can't do it by yourself. You know, it's mm-hmm. just that's the. Uh, sink or swim. So yeah, so, okay. that, I, I appreciate guys like you that made me do much more work in our group project. <laughs> Thank you for that. Yeah, man. You know, I, uh, I got a, uh, I got a theater degree from a really, really good engineering school. Um, so the, <laughs> I want to, so let's, let's, let's dive into this, this wonderful metaphor that you've laid out here because I think what becomes a, is so important about this is that people stay focused on what's actually most important, right? In that yeah. uh, group project dynamic, it can become really easy to get frustrated or distracted by the emotions. And therefore, you're not actually focused on what's the most important thing. In the context of what you and I talk about every week, it's child discipleship. But if I'm a leader and I'm trying to make sure it becomes really easy, I would imagine, to just try to make sure there's people in the room 
rather than making sure that I'm getting, dare I say, the right people in the room? How do leaders manage that type of uh, tension week to week? Yeah. Um, I, I When I walk through a kids ministry hallway, I always say, I want the best people in the church to be in this hallway. I want somebody to walk through and be like, wait, why is that person serving in kids? Like, wait, wait how did they get that? Like, what what is it that all the best people are sitting here in this hallway? Yeah. So I, I think you, what you're saying is true. That's what we always want. But it's that reality of the every week I just give me a warm body. Like I have to survive this week. And if yeah. I don't, then I won't survive. Um, I, I think th- there's a lot of stuff we could get into, but one of the things that comes to my mind is I think we are really good in, um, generally in American kids ministry world. We are really good at growing trees, but not really very good at growing forests. Mm. Um, and so our eyes, our focus, our, purpose can be laser focused to these tasks. Like I have to get these tasks done um, instead of seeing the direction that we want to go and trying to call other people to go along with us in that direction, which would be more of the forest. And there's a lot of ramifications that come from that beyond just, Oh, we don't have our best leaders serving in kids. Like that is a very small ramification compared to some of the ones that many people that are listening to this podcast would feel today. Um, which is our members, our leaders, our volunteers clinging so tightly to the task instead of the mission. And the reason they're clinging so tightly to the task is because their leadership has been so focused on the task. Yeah. Like just what you said, the most important thing is what we focus on. And we are quick to say the most important thing is the task and just color the sheet, Marge. And it's really not about coloring the sheet. It's about the mission. It's about sharing the gospel. It's not about what type of tool we use. It's about the discipleship, you know? So that there are, it's a cascading effect of if leadership is only focused on survival, that there's some really hard things that uh, I think that's why change can be so hard in children's ministries is because people are clinging so tightly to these things that we're thinking, oh, that's not a big deal. But maybe for the last 20 years, that has been the deal is the task, maybe not the mission. So you have been in this world for a long time. You've been vocationally serving for about 15 years and you've been connected to this world before then. I'm curious what you've seen, how you've seen, we'll just start with recruiting, how you've seen the world of recruiting volunteers to children's ministry change during your time. Yeah. Um, so I guess it was probably, I'm trying to think, 2010. That, that would be when I started, like in a vocational way, serving in kids ministry in a few years, volunteering before that. Um, even then, we, we were a little, we were far into the age-based discipleship programming conversation. It wasn't like a new thing in 2010, sure. but it still had shine, I think. Like it was still cool or people were still coming from churches that had not done kids ministry programming. And now we're like jumping in both feet and this felt novel and it's a new idea and my kids love it. Um, It's better than the culture that we had been a part of before. And so some of the recruiting was more just helping them see, Hey, this is not what you thought it was. Like, this is not what you're used to. And look, 
your kids are going to love it, be a part of it. I feel like there's less of that now in my experience and in my conversations. It's more like every church has uh, age-based kids ministry that's at least trying. They might be to different degrees of how excellent it is. Um, and so recruiting is not just as much come and see and then join, but it it is very much recruiting, you know? Um, so I, like some of the things that we have found recently, I don't know if this is the way you're going with this, but it just comes to my mind. Like we are really intentional about having conversations with new members. Like you have said you want to be a part of this church. What does it look like for you to serve the church now? And then the kids ministry is not the only outlet for that. Um, so we're kind of recruiting for the whole church when we talk to those um, men and women, but it's, it's more of the, Hey, you're in now here, here's what it means to be in, or how would you like to use what gifts you have? Um, or uh, man, one of the things I feel like I've learned the most in almost 15 years is that I am not a salesperson. Like that is, <laughs> I, I want to be, especially for the gospel. I want to be the best salesman I can be, but that's like not where I shine. Sure. And, but there are people that do that every single day. And they are great at it and they can sell rocks to a quarry. Like th that's what we want them to be doing. And so why am I not letting them step into those spaces for uh, amazing discipleship thing, like a kid's ministry or a student ministry and letting them help bring people in. So maybe just affirming giftings of other people and letting them be a part of that recruiting process too. I don't have to be the only one that recruits. Yeah. Cause what I hear in that is, there was a time where it was, it's got to be the senior pastor or like the most well-established person in the church saying from the front of the church, almost browbeating people, Hey, y'all got to get into kids ministry. Like, and now it is a much more relational approach that seems to be much more effective, regardless of what the context of your children's ministry looks like. And then more than that, when you're doing that well, when you are bringing people in well, you're going to quickly discover when you find a, a leader like that, you're quickly sort of building a team that is actually going to be able to fill in the gaps that you yourself as a leader may not have. Um, yeah. When, and uh, Ross, I want to, I want to yeah. add in there. Cause I think I don't want it to sound like it's a shift away from the lead pastor or senior pastor being a part of that task, sure. because I think that's unhealthy. Um, one of the, the things I think could be most helpful for somebody listening to this is that I think maybe the, one of the first priorities of a kids director is helping the whole staff team understand that a children's problem is a church problem. It, it, it's not, these aren't separate things. This is not just on my shoulders. Like, Oh, the, that part of the church is just on your shoulders. And this part is only on mine. Kids ministry is, a very much the smoke, not the fire. And so if you have a horrible response from the church to serve the next generation, that says more about your church, I think, than we want to admit sometimes. And so we want, if, I mean, I, I guess the another way of saying that is an unhealthy kids discipleship effort from a church is an unhealthy church effort. Yeah. And no, so that, we, we want to be all, all together running in that same direction and so not, not browbeating, but if you, I, I think it's important for a kids director to think I need the lead pastor, I need the executive, whatever it is to be, to understand for us to be on the same page 
um, that this is not just me going out and meeting people because the reality is that that person is the least accessible person on the whole staff team on a Sunday morning. Like it's, it's hard to get out of the kids area to meet anyone, much less be a primary recruiter. So it really has to be a, a team effort in that. I think. So to dive into that for a second, cause that's a really important catch. And I appreciate that. The, um, if I'm a leader listening to this, how do I go about doing that? How do I go about showing that a children's problem is a church problem to my yeah, staff I, team? I appreciate you pushing into that a little bit. Um, one of the things that I love about the child discipleship world um, that you guys uh, want to have created is that um, in every arena I've been exposed to, you guys are having adult conversations about kids' discipleship. Um, it doesn't have to be beach balls and silly string every time adults get together to talk about how we disciple kids. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, very much and, so. <laughs> and I think the table around your church leadership should have that same feel. Like, yeah, you might be awesome and crazy and you might dress up and have costumes. and But when you're sitting around the table with the leadership of your church, you need to be having adult conversations about child discipleship. Thanks for listening. We'll be right back. Even though amazing faith grows in midweek ministry, at Awana, our mission is to reach as many kids as we can with the gospel. Why stop at midweek when so many families visit church on the weekend? So we created Bright, a biblical weekend curriculum for pre-K and elementary age kids. Bright ignites kids' interest in the Bible through activities for all kinds of learners, vibrant videos, and big questions to make their wheels turn. And leaders love it because it's flexible for all types of settings. Plus, we include helpful tools that cover in-the-trenches topics, like having healthy small group discussions and handling tricky behavior. But most importantly, Bright is centered on the Bible. Every lesson points straight to Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Download a free four-week series at brightcurriculum.com to see how Bright can foster lasting faith in the children in your ministry. If all you're doing is consuming kids' discipleship content and you don't have any sort of awareness of what your pastor is reading or what drives him or what your church culture is about as a whole, then you're not going to be able to win them to the importance, the eternal significance that exists in the largest unreached people group under your roof every Sunday morning. And that's what we want to be about. We want people to get excited and understand the opportunity that we have and the, um, the, the future of the church and the present of the church that we are ministering to and sharing the gospel with and partnering with homes and all of that is an adult conversation. And so I think it's being able to winsomely describe and con convince and persuade and bring others around the staff table in. Um, and, and just specifically, that's probably means some one-on-one -on -one time with some of those people. Like, hey, I'd love to talk to you about what my heart is for this ministry. Um, or it might be some all staff time, like in a staff meeting asking, hey, could I just give you a little update of where we are? in the ministry that I'm leading and then not just say, Hey, I need eight more volunteers who around the table can help me, but say, 
here's how we're discipling kids or here's how we're discipling parents or here's how we're discipling grandparents and maybe celebrate some wins around the staff team that make them want to invest in what you're doing and make them want to celebrate along with you what God is doing and can do in families at your church. Who man, there's so much good stuff there. Um, I want to, <laughs> sorry, sorry. No. Uh, off the soapbox, off the soapbox. No, I no, no, no that's good. That. That's good though. Because I, it's so critical for people. I think it just to echo so much of what we've already talked about. You're, you're hammering home the importance of being relational with those you want to serve with you on kids, whether it is a new member who's coming into your church or whether it is your senior pastor. And Mm -hmm. we have to, as a community, recognize that for so long, it has been this children's ministry has been this thing that has been relegated to a select few. And therefore walls have gone up where it goes like, oh, that's, that's Josh's problem. So to, to break down those walls, we have to show that, no, the thing you're feeling on a Sunday morning is the same thing I'm feeling. So let's work together to address that within our areas of context. Um, I want to shift just because I want to make sure we cover as much ground as possible with our time. Um, I want to talk about specifically training. So we have a team now and we're working on sort of keeping them updated. One of the things that I, to bring back to something you said earlier, I think from my perspective, where training volunteers can really start to become a challenge is it falls into that task thing again, where it's, oh man, we got to make sure we do that, uh, that, uh, that child protection training, right? We got to make sure we check that box, right? To get real serious real quick. Um, or we got to make sure we do that leader, like watch that video, right? How, if I'm a, a leader within my church, how am I able to carry forward that same level of intentionality that recruited that team into ongoing training? Yeah. The phrase that I, I love is um, if you set a high bar, then you attract high bar leaders. Um, I think just to start on the, on the front side of what this looks like is we don't want to say, Hey, look, anybody can do this. This we want to set the lowest bar possible. So no one can crawl underneath it. Like that's not going to be a successful model of recruiting for kids ministry. Yeah. And so as we're recruiting people to kids ministry, we need to be recruiting, recruiting them to the vision, not to the task. And then we're training them in the task because of the mission. So if somebody joins the team because they see we are about discipleship, we discipleship happens in relationship, you you know, um, even in, in how I communicate with some of our parents and volunteers leaders is what attracts a kid is not, is not for us going to be like doing a slide down into the classroom. There's not going to be like this incredible Disney jungle thing that you're walking into It's people. Like the relationships are what kids don't get tired of. The relationships are what means somebody listening to this right now in meeting inside of a 1950s church building or somebody listening to this right now meeting inside of a high school or somebody listening to this right now meeting inside of a mega church facility can all accomplish the mission because it's about relationships, right? It's not about the facility or the trappings or the even the task. It's about the, this, the mission. Um, and so... As we're recruiting people to that, then training becomes something that I, I find people want more than anything. 
I think somebody who's serving in kids ministry is probably most hungry for you to tell them, are they doing a good job or not? Genuinely, they're sitting there giving their best for an hour and then leaving wondering, well, was that it? Like, did I hit the mark? Was that a win? Did I do that right? And so the way that I think we train is going to be most effective in the context of vision. And this is where we're going. And then feedback of how can we be better at getting there? Yeah. And if we hold those things with open hands, then I think we can have a culture of people that are happy to grow or happy to hear what could be a better way and not be quite as tied or as defeated um, when they leave on a Sunday morning. So then I would imagine where feedback becomes problematic is it becomes too much about the task. You have to make your feedback also about the vision rather than being like, hey, your large group leadership was uh, scattered, like connecting it back to the vision rather than nitpicking performances. Yeah, I've talked to a lot of kids ministry people in the last 15 years. So this is from experience. This is not projecting anything. I bet. 5% of kids ministries give any sort of feedback to their leaders on a weekend, on a weekend, maybe not every weekend, but like any weekend. Yeah. And so when you say like, what kind of feedback should we give? Yeah, that's important. But my first point I shall make clear is just give any feedback. (laughs) Just (laughs) have someone who's sitting there and is in a room saying, you know, you did an amazing job asking that small group question. And then that kid said carrots and you did not get distracted. You you kept going just, and you interacted with carrots, but directed it right back to the story of Jesus walking on water. You know, like that kind of encouragement is what our people need. And it doesn't have to be from us, from the staff members. Obviously it can be, but just any form of that feedback. Then, yeah, I would say if we're talking about what is best case scenario, it is towards the mission. So um, I I am cautious about overemphasizing excellence. I want to grow in excellence, but if you're coming in hot at a person who just taught the large group lesson to elementary schoolers about how they missed a whole point in the story, or they looked at their script more than once, or it, then you're, you have jumped right to the task instead of the mission. And there has to be a part of that feedback. That is you shared the gospel. Like you had a point in where you told the kids that God loved them. You had a point in that where you told them that they had sinned and disobeyed against God. And you told them that we're here to help them see that Jesus died for their sins, rose from the dead, and wants to have a relationship with them today. Like, amazing. Here's also some couple things that we can grow in. But yeah, that mission has to feel like the the chunk of that feedback. Or maybe they missed the mission, you know? And all they did was talk about how cool it was that Jesus walked. I don't know why I'm on Jesus walked on the water, but that's what I'm sticking with right now. That, how cool wrong. it was. And they, ne- <laughs> they never really applied it back to Christ or they never really gave the small group leaders any tools to have that conversation when they went back to small group time or whatever the case may be. But yeah, you're right. I would love for that to sound mission oriented for your leaders to feel like, oh, I know where we're headed and we're all running there together. Hey, before we get back to this episode, I need your help. You know, we want this podcast to serve you and your ministry in the best way possible. But to do that, I need to learn a little more about you. 
So wherever you're listening, you'll see a link for a survey. And if you answer those questions about yourself and your ministry, that will dramatically help the show. And to make it even more worthwhile, we'll randomly select a few folks who fill out the survey and thank them with an Amazon gift card. Full details and rules are in the show notes. So thank you for listening. And now let's get back to the conversation. And I think what I hope people hear from this too, because I think there's probably folks like me who are incredibly task oriented, right? Like I've never met a spreadsheet I don't like, right? So <laughs> find well, your group project. People would have loved to know that a few years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I had to mature a little bit. Um, there was there's some there's some moments. This was before I met before I met Jesus. Um, so, um, but <laughs> I um, there's a lot of folks who I think hear this who could wind up sort of getting bogged down in the details, right? And what I would encourage yeah. y'all to pay attention to is that what you are what Josh is describing here is possible is possible within your ministry. I can hear the cynical responses of, I don't have enough people to put someone in a room just to give feedback. I don't have the right people to, blah, you know, I can hear those, that type of uh, knee jerk responses. And I am not saying that those concerns are not valid, right? I don't, I say this almost every week on this podcast. One of my favorite things about working at Awana right now is there has never been a time where I could be less prescriptive about what works for your ministry. I love the mm. fact that I work at Awana at a time where all I can physically do is just come alongside and partner with you because I don't genuinely know what works because of the nature of the church right now. So, but what I am saying is there is a way. And I would encourage you to lean back in, even if it means rewinding and listening back to what Josh just said, because there is a way to make the concepts of what Josh is describing play out in the context of your ministry, regardless of what your team looks like, regardless of what your space looks like, and regardless of how many kids you have. Um, now I'm going to get off yeah, my soapbox. No, no, you're good. And just to be clear, there, I don't think there's a more stressed group of people in ministry right now than kids ministry. So please do not hear me, anybody who's listening, saying you are not doing enough. You are on mission for King Jesus to children that he loves and families that he desperately wants to see as little churches that are discipling and growing as disciples. And like you, you are on mission for it, eternal purposes. I think it's important to say the question is just, if you're going to train your leaders, what does that look like? And I think feedback could be a great answer for that. Yeah, I think that's important. So we talked about this a lot, but I think one of the things that... Um, is important, you know, Awana has done several research projects and one of which that came out last year was children's ministry and a reality, which we did in partnership with the Barna group. And, um, another one we did was, uh, with this research team called five by five. And there's going to be more that's coming out of that, but it was essentially looked at, um, how children's ministry leaders spend their time. And what we really dove into was this idea of here's what we as a community we will really say this is what's most important. And there's a ton of agreement on what we say most is most important. Child discipleship, right? And into sum up as a singular, singular phrase. 
But then when you look at how we spend our time, those two things are, that is not what we are spending our time focused on. Hmm. People who are listening to this did not get into children's ministry for the administrative tasks that come with the job. A lot of them didn't get in to recruit volunteers. But when I think about the idea of retaining volunteers, right, in the sort of model of where these three things are separate, they're not separate, they're incredibly connected. I think this is actually an area where this particular community shines because it requires the same level of relational intentionality we've spent the past almost 25 minutes talking about, which is if you are part of my team and you are serving well and you are serving these kids on mission, I want to do everything I can to make sure that you know how much I value you. Are there any other things to sort of call out specifically when it comes to sort of making sure somebody keeps coming back week after week or year after year to serving kids? Yeah, I, um, I love coaching my kids. I've got, uh, 11 down to five. And so a lot of sports, um, I showed up as the head coach of a flag football team one Saturday morning. Um, I had gotten the email. You are the coach. You know, I watched the video that I, that was attached to the email showed up on Saturday. And when we got there, um, to the facility, it was one big field. Okay. And there, uh, were a lot of people on the field. It, it kind of looked like the intro lobby to Fortnite. Like just people just wandering around, nothing really <laughs> happening. And so I start walking on the field looking for who was in charge and I couldn't find them. Um, and we're like, we're two minutes away from there's 10 children that I'm about to be responsible for. And I'm supposed to be teaching them the game of football and I'm supposed to be learning their names and I'm, and I'm supposed to, and, and, uh, so I'm, I'm kind of wandering around and I, I find one family that I just knew that was on the team. We didn't have many friends on the team. We had one. So we found them and we're like, Hey, I, I'm they're like, you're, you're coaching, right? Yeah, I'm coaching. Well, what are we supposed to do? I, I don't know. Like, I have no idea. Um, so we, we end up kind of the teams just form. I, hey, are you on this team? You're on this team. And so I have the 10 kids and they're like, okay, coach, we're ready. I'm like, yeah. They said, where's the football? I'm like, ah, uh, you know, that was supposed to be like league provided. You're supposed to have a little kit that has our flags and our footballs and the cones for practice. And I just had nothing. And so in this morning, I am feeling just terrible. I mean, it is a horrible experience for a volunteer coach coming into this league. And it really changed some of my perspective on how I lead volunteer teams inside the church, because okay. I felt like what I was doing was not important. If somebody didn't take the time to get me a football, does it really matter if I'm a coach in this league? Like what, what is even going on? If somebody didn't have take the time to know where my team was supposed to go, like, what am I even doing out here? Why am I helping them if they don't care about me being here or they don't have organization enough to help me do the job that I am volunteering? They're not paying me. Like, I'm here for them to help them. And so I think just uh, some of that is overspeak, but transferring some of that over, I think our volunteers care about being communicated with, being prepared for, knowing what they can expect when they show up. Uh, us doing what we say we're going to do that communicates not just that we're organized because i don't really care about that that communicates the importance of what we're doing 
if we're not prepared for our leaders on a Sunday, then it, they have no other option but to think, this is, must not be that important. If they can't even have my crayons in the room when we need them, or if we never have the goldfish in the room when it's time to eat, or I never have the supplies for that craft. So I don't even look at the craft anymore. You know, it just kind of de-escalates yeah. the importance down into what am I even doing here? So I know that's not exactly what you asked, but it's what came to mind. You asked about keeping people, keeping teams, I think is being faithful to prepare well and to communicate well so that we're setting them up for success when they're hopefully performing well. The Child Discipleship Podcast is powered by Awana. Thanks to the donations of generous folks like you, Awana partners with 62,000 churches in 130 countries to make resilient disciples. When you give to Awana, you are investing in lasting faith, young people who will engage the culture with the gospel and fearlessly lead the church into the future. To make a donation to this mission, go to awana.org slash donate. Subscribe to the podcast today so you never miss an episode and check out the show notes of today's episode for relevant links from this conversation, as well as information about other podcasts from Awana. The podcast is produced and hosted by me, Ross Cochran. Our theme song is Fresh Air by Christian hip-hop artist Josiah Williams and Hits by Jude. You also heard All Let Go, provided by Josiah Williams from his album Rerouting 2. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next week.